sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Breastfeeding a late preterm singleton can be challenging on its own, but add in a second baby and a mom may feel like she needs to grow an extra set of arms. What are the easiest ways to navigate breastfeeding twins and what tricks can help a mom feel confident and empowered as early as possible? Today, I'm excited to introduce Jonna Rose Feinberg, an international board certified lactation consultant in private practice in the Seattle area, the owner of Twins in Mind Consulting and the editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. Today, we are discussing breastfeeding the late preterm twins. And this is The Boob Group, episode 49. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At The Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Did you know that we have an entire panel of experts who would love to answer your breastfeeding and parenting questions? All you have to do is call our hotline at 619 866 4775 and leave a message on our voicemail. Your question will be answered on an upcoming episode. Today I'm joined by two lovely panelists in the studio. Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Shannon and I'm 31 and I have twins who are four months old, boys. Hi, I'm Shelly Steely. I'm 29. I'm a teacher um, and I have identical twin boys. They're eight months on the 20th. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show, ladies. Familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. 
So here's a question from one of our listeners. This is from Christina Armstrong, and this is what she had emailed me. I have had a whirlwind time breastfeeding my four-month-old. The first two weeks, I could not get a good painless latch. Finally, I was able to find a painless position, and by this time I was able to nurse painlessly, I had pumped and started her on bottles. Then we had to deal with her nipple confusion. She would not nurse unless it was the middle of the night in a laying down position. So I switched her to some different bottles, which did not work right away. And so I would offer her the breast first, then one bottle, then another bottle. And she would feed on one just enough until she started fussing and then I would move on to the next. It took at least a month and a half to finally rid ourselves of the bottles. And now we are exclusively breastfeeding. My question is, she is a very sleepy baby and she's also a snacker. On a particular bottle we were using, she ate every two to three hours and now she eats every hour for just a few minutes. How do I keep my baby girl awake long enough to actually finish eating? I have tried talking and rubbing her and undressing her and we have made it so far as of right now and so I don't wanna do anything that will sabotage our breastfeeding. And so how can I make her more efficient? Thank you so much for your help in advance. Well, thank you for your question, Christina. Um, A couple things come to mind while I was reading this, um, this email that you sent. And first of all, you know, four months old are super, super distracted. And so they hit this distracted stage around four to five months, and then they hit it again at about eight to 10 months. And it's like right now, everything is so enticing that she just can't focus on feeding. It's like, ooh, that's shiny. And she wants to turn around and find what's shiny and making interesting things around the room. So here are a couple of things that have worked with kids as as with my kids as well as some of my clients' kids. Um, first of all, nursing in a darkened, quiet room can be really helpful. Um, I noticed that if I started talking on the phone while my four-month-old was nursing, that he literally would pull off, stare at me, be like, okay, I'll wait till you're done. So it was very helpful to just kind of put everything away, just spend that time with him. And, you know, by then they're somewhat efficient. And so it's not like you're going to sit there for 40 minutes and nurse your little one. Um, Another thing I found really helpful was actually singing repetitive songs while nursing. Um, Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star was one of our favorites. And it was just when it was repetitive, it wasn't interesting anymore. And I found that it was very soothing for him. Um, And then went out in public, um, you know, because it's hard to find a nice, dark, quiet area to nurse in public. Um, You could try nursing in a carrier or a wrap and see if that helps. Um, Another thing that came to mind, though, is I would absolutely have your baby assessed by an international board certified lactation consultant for a tongue tie or a weak and suck. Um, If she is falling asleep at the breast at this age, she could be working extra hard to compensate if there is a tongue tie or a jaw with a limited range of motion. And this can really be exhausting for babies. So with either a little body work like chiropractic or craniosacral therapy, or possibly an appointment with an ear, nose and throat doctor to check out her tongue, this probably could remedied sooner rather than later. So definitely meeting with someone, a lactation consultant who knows what they're talking about and having your daughter assessed um, can be really helpful. And definitely check out our episodes on breastfeeding expectations uh, around the fourth month as well as around the sixth, seventh, and eighth month. Breastfeeding in tight frenula as well as using craniosacral therapy to improve breastfeeding. Um, all of these episodes have great information with really good recommendations if you are dealing with something like this with your child. Um, and so hopefully that will be helpful as well. So thanks so much for sending us an email with your question, Christina. We really appreciate it. 
Today on The Boob Group, we're discussing breastfeeding the late preterm twins. Our expert, Jonna Rose Feinberg, is an international board-certified lactation consultant in private practice in the Seattle area. She's also the owner of Twins in Mind Consulting and the editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. Thanks so much for joining us, Jonna, and welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so fun to be here. Awesome. Well, Jonna, before we get started, can you define the term late preterm, please? Sure. A late preterm infant is a baby born three to six weeks early, so between 34 and just under 37 weeks gestational age. A lot of twins are born in this time frame, and they often look like term infants more than preemies, but they have a whole set of challenges and vulnerabilities in terms of feeding and overall development. Okay. And Jonna, as I have seen in my own practice, late preterm babies are often inconsistent when it comes to breastfeeding. Can you describe some of the ways that a late preterm baby acts differently than um, a full-term 40-weeker? Sure. I mean, it definitely depends on the gestational age of the babies. But in general, late-term, late preterm infants are sleepy. They have less stamina than full-term babies. And they sometimes have difficulty with latch, suck, and swallow which in practice means they need to be awakened for feedings, they need to be kept awake to complete the feedings, they sometimes have trouble maintaining their latch due to their size. Picture very small babies with very small mouths next to lactating breasts. (laughs) Um, Panelists, were your babies inconsistent while nursing? Shannon? Yes. um, Manny, baby A, he was very, very sleepy when we first started, and then my Elijah, baby B, had horrible latching issues, which, you know, led to a lot of mastitis, and it was no fun. (laughs) How about you, Shelly? Definitely. um, They were, they called the hospital, called them lazy nursers. Oh, that's so mean. (laughs) It was. They were trying so hard, but they would fall asleep, and, you know, 20 minutes later, it would be barely a full feed, and so we would have to try to keep them awake while feeding them basically every time. Okay. Um, luckily, their latch was good, but the, the rest of it needed work. They needed a little help staying awake. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of moms hear that term, lazy nurses, uh-huh. and, and it's so it's so judgy. Yeah. It's like, like you said, like they were doing the absolute best that they can. Mm-hmm. It's not that a baby chooses to be tired. Yeah. It just happens. So, um, Jonna, is it important to assess each baby on his or her own before attempting to nurse both babies at a time? Or at the same time, I should say? Yeah, I, I usually think it's a good idea to look at the babies as their own people, right? They're separate babies with their own skill set. They often develop at different rates, even though they're twins. They have different strengths and different challenges. So we want to take the time to focus on each baby to help them master the basics of latching and sucking. But the beautiful thing about twins is that they can help each other out. It's great for time management if you can feed them together when they're ready. And then the one baby that's maybe a little bit more of an active nurser can get the milk flowing for the other twin who maybe needs a little bit more help. So it can be a tool that can help you along when they're ready and when you're ready. Perfect. And Shelly, how how did you nurse your um, twins in the beginning? Was one having an easier time than the other? Were they pretty equal? They were pretty equal. In the hospital, I did tandem feeding um, at first. And then um, once I noticed that they were having some issues, we switched to nursing one at a time so we could really focus on, you know, getting them latched and making sure they were taking in a full feeding. Um, and then once, you know, down the road, once that was established, I went back to feeding them both at the same time. So Shannon, the question was, um, how did you um, breastfeed with your twins in the beginning? Was one having an easier time than the other? Or were they pretty equal? They both had a lot of challenges um, equally, I would say, because, you know, like I said, Manny was so sleepy. So it was hard to 
you know, it's hard to get him to stay on, to get him focused on it, you know, so <clears throat> it would be like maybe just five minutes of him feeding and then, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> wake up and he would just be done. And then Elijah just would, he would just get so frustrated and cry because he would have such a hard time latching on. And I would say they would, it was equally challenging for both of them. Were you nursing them at the same time in the beginning or were you doing, um, um, you know, back to back? I think I was doing them individually, you know, cause my husband was there and, um, you know, he, he was just a help, you know, so he would have one baby. So I'd try to nurse one at that time and just kind of try to focus on whatever the issue was that that one was having. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and we have one eating in here right now, actually. <laughs> um, and Jana, when babies are breastfeeding inconsistently, how can a mom bring in and protect her milk supply the best? Well, in the beginning, if the babies aren't latching well or feeding consistently, moms should definitely be encouraged to begin pumping. In the hospital and at home, you want to use a hospital-grade pump. You can also use hand expression or combine pumping and hand expression, especially in the early days, as soon as possible after delivery. And then typically they're advised to pump about every three hours, or if they're putting babies to breast, then they want to pump after the nursing session usually. Uh, sometimes there are reasons to do it differently, but that's kind of in general what people do. Uh, and then you can use the express breast milk to supplement the babies, which is great when they need all those extra calories to really do that important work of growing. Um, and the other thing that's, that's always really helpful is to hold the baby skin to skin as much as possible. They can do that with the mom or the dad. With the mom, it helps stimulate milk production, but with either parents or anybody else in the family, it can really help the babies to maintain their body temperature, which is often an issue with these smaller babies to begin. Yeah, it, I mean, can you explain that too a little bit? I mean, it, it is really hard for these little ones that are born early to maintain their temperature. And so it, are they burning extra calories when that's happening? Well, part of it is just that they don't have a lot of extra body fat, right? They, they put on a lot of weight in those last few weeks of gestational development. So before they put on that weight, they're just a little bit scrawny. Sometimes we say they have little chicken legs, right? They're just a little bit on the small side. They don't have a lot of extra reserves of body fat. And their systems are still really immature, so they don't have um, the best ability to regulate their own body temperature. So they tend to just cool off more quickly than um, than a, a term baby might. And so keeping them skin to skin just really helps keep them cozy and keeps them regulated to the parent's temperature. Studies have shown that, that a mom's body can do a better job of regulating the baby's temperature even than an incubator, that the body just responds to the baby's needs. There's actually a little tidbit that the two breasts can, can modify temperature differently for two different babies, which is fabulous. I don't have a resource on it, but it's such a great idea. Like your body knows that there are two babies with different needs and it just meets their needs right there. Wow, that's amazing. Um, the panelists were both shaking their heads when you were talking about thin little chicken babies. Were, were, your, were your little ones pretty small, Shelly? Um, they, they were actually kind of big for twins. They were six pounds and six pounds, two ounces. Oh, yeah, that's but great they, size. But they oh, had a weight, awesome. a weight drop initially, and they did. They had the tiniest little legs, and uh, I thought they got them from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it turns out they were just kind of small, and, I mean, you wouldn't know it now. They're huge, chunky huge, babies. Huge, chunky babies. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? Yeah, uh, mine were pretty good size, too. They were six pounds, ten ounces when they were born. But um, my Manny, like, lost a lot of weight. Like, he, he went below six pounds, and he just had the skinniest little legs and arms and face. And now they're <laughs> super like chunky, too. Face, I know. So they caught up. I mean, he's still not as big as his brother, but 
he's trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, John, and we'll discuss how to balance breastfeeding and early supplementing. We'll be right back. So we are discussing breastfeeding the late preterm twins with Jonna Rose Feinberg, who is an international board certified lactation consultant in private practice in the Seattle area, as well as owner of Twins and Mind Consulting and editor of breastfeedingtwins.org. Um, and we have two panelists in the studio as well, one with a little four-month-old muffin in here too. So if you hear little little snorting and squawking, um, although he's super happy right now. So, um, but let's get back into this interview. So Jonna, um, Many times preterm babies need supplementation in the beginning, whether it be mom's expressed breast milk, donor milk, or formula, um, until they become more effective breastfeeders. How can a mom offer this supplementation to her twins? Well, a lot of times in the hospital, they start moms off using a kind of a, a supplemental nursing system, which is basically a little tube that we tape along the breast so that it goes into the baby's mouth at the nipple so that they can supplement right while they're breastfeeding. And you can use that same kind of setup for finger feeding. So you run the little tube along the finger and then the baby sucks on the finger and gets the supplement. And that's great for a short-term solution for supplementing. If you have two babies who are going to need supplements for a long time, probably at some point you're going to introduce bottles because your sanity is really important and there is a point at which the tubes can get to be too much. So if you're going to supplement with bottles, they typically get introduced a few days later, maybe a week later if you still need those supplements which again depends on how big the babies are, how much they need to grow, how well they're nursing. Um, if you are going to do bottles, I like to suggest that we do what we call a baby-led bottle feeding. You don't want to overwhelm the baby with a bottle just kind of tucked in there, so you let them pace the feeding. I know that they're still learning to do that, so you kind of guide them. You want them to learn to control and pace themselves with a bottle so that they can do the same thing at the breast so that they can make that transition. Perfect. And and what is your best advice for a mom who is doing this kind of triple feeding her twins, meaning breastfeeding, supplementing, and pumping? You know, there's no, like, piece of perfect advice for this. It's, you just have to hang in there, right? It's exhausting. It, it can be overwhelming. It will not last forever. I guess that's my biggest piece of advice. Just remember it won't last forever. So if you can get some support, if you can bring in some extra people to help, man help manage everything else so that you can just focus on feeding the babies. Um, another thing I always say is that set yourself small goals. They don't set a big goal of six months or a year. Just think like, I'm going to get through this night if you're having a really hard night. Or I'm going to get through the first two weeks and then we'll see. Or we're going to work to six weeks and then we'll see what we're doing. So you can congratulate yourself on every step of your success as you go. Cool. Um, ladies, did you have to triple feed? And if for yes, for how long? And how'd you do it? Shelly? Yes. Yeah, so um, in the beginning, it looked like they were okay just nursing in the hospital. We tried um, a syringe a little bit for Sawyer because he seemed he's a little bit lighter. We took them home, though, at the weight was okay. But when we brought them back for their first checkup, they had dropped again. So we had to do my doctor called it the triple feeding for both Grayson and Sawyer. Um, it's hard. <laughs> so the first thing they did was they checked to see, they gave me a pump to see, you know, if I had milk and then how much the boys were transferring. They were only taking about an ounce, if that, not even per about feeding. At, at, at what age were they doing this? And this was like a week. Okay. Yeah, they might have been seven to ten days old, a little less than an ounce. Um, and then I pumped and got seven ounces, and they were oh. like, okay, so <laughs> no problem here. Let's try that. So we did the bottle feeding, um, and I had, my husband was back at work, so 
when he was home during the day, he would help out. My mom was home at night. She would come while he was at work. And it was just, it's exhausting. So I would nurse one baby for about 20 minutes, you know, massaging, doing compresses, trying to keep the baby awake, and then pass the baby to my mom or my husband. They would feed a bottle. I would nurse the other baby, feed a bottle, burp both of them, pump. And then the whole process took, honestly, an hour and a half. Um, And they would eat three hours like on the dot so by the time they were done feeding and asleep I got maybe 40 minutes wow. <laughs> um, but it helped I was in a, a group online with another two moms who had had to do supplementing their twins um, and theirs were already done and they were only a couple weeks ahead so I knew that there was kind of an end in sight yeah. and for me I just figured six weeks was my initial you know I can do anything for six weeks we'll see how it goes and by six weeks it was just like they were already getting better they were so much bigger it was like a whole different world. <laughs> How long did you have to supplement for? It was probably the full, I want to say full six weeks, maybe five or six weeks by then. And they it was really gradual. We just noticed um, we actually kind of accidentally overfed them for a while because I was so used to worrying about their weight gain um, that I would try to make them finish everything I pumped, you know, and they will happily, but then they were spitting up everywhere. We took them in for the weight check and the doctor was like, oh, you can probably stop with those bottles now there. Cool. Yeah, I mean, they gained really really quickly and they're I mean they're huge now they're 21 and almost 22 pounds (laughs) it's eight months old yeah (laughs) off the charts nice how about you Shannon what what did your were you doing triple feedings in the beginning yes I was and yes it's very tiring (laughs) um yeah we we had our issues with Elijah right away with his latching um and so, you know, at the hospital, they showed us how to finger tube feed him. And luckily, I, I mean, I was really lucky that my partner was there for most of the feedings. And he would finger tube, you know, one while I nursed the other. Um, and then we got home. And, you know, I had kind of got Elijah to latch, and then we got home, and he didn't latch at all. And I remember calling you, Robin, like, in tears, like, he won't eat. I don't know what to do. (laughs) And, um, you know, so you basically said the same thing, you know, just get the finger tube feeding going on. So my husband would finger tube feed Elijah, and then I would put them both to the breast at the same time like even if I didn't get him to latch on just so I could kind of you know have him used to being there um and I I would still try I mean I was stubborn (laughs) you know and I know he probably got frustrated but I'd be like come on you can do it (laughs) you can do it and um and then about five weeks into five weeks um we just realized that you know he was latching on more you know, and it, he still had issues, but he was latching on more. So we said, you know what, let's cut out the finger tube feeding. Because we knew they were getting in enough because, Robin, you were coming over and weighing them. So we're like, okay, they're both, you know, they're not getting too much. They're both eating enough. So let's cut out the finger tube feed and, and see if we can just focus on him latching on. And, you know, he still did have some issues until almost 10 weeks when we got his tongue clipped. But, you know, we just made a decision, okay, I think we're done with this. Yeah. And the pumping and doing this. And I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so right right until about 10 weeks. And then yeah. you kind of figured it out after that. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I would say it was about, it was about five weeks yeah. where we caught out the finger tube feeding. And, you know, and then about 10 weeks where everything was just normal. Smooth sailing. And now it's smooth sailing. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonna, when one or both babies are having difficulties breastfeeding, how can a mom juggle without feeling like she needs to grow an extra set of arms? arms or need, you know, needs a ton of extra help at home. 
I think you just do your best with what you have. I mean, obviously, it's great if you can get help around the house. I love it when I hear that people had their their mom and their husband taking shifts so that they were getting some support. I think that's great. Um, and if you have that, that's excellent. And if not, then you get creative, right? So you maybe you feed the babies one at a time, even though that's exhausting. Maybe that's the best way to do it for that little window of time. You feed one and then you hand that baby off or you prop them up in the pillow next to you so you can still see them. Um, some people, if it's going to be sort of a longer transition to getting both babies to rest and if they're using bottles to supplement, sometimes they'll alternate babies at the feeding. They'll say, this baby gets this feeding and the other baby's getting a bottle this time and then we're going to switch. If that turns out to be the most useful way for them to manage it, that's totally fine. Um, the other thing, though, is to just just stick with it, right? It's, you're not going to need to juggle forever, although... Mm, I don't know, they're twins. You're kind of going to juggle forever anyway. But it'll be a totally different juggling match, and it won't feel so much like you're juggling something scary. It'll just be like you're at the circus. That doesn't sound really encouraging, but I swear it's fun parenting twins. You know, I have them too, and they're six now, and it's wonderful, but it is still a little bit like juggling. So I don't know. I guess you just get used to it. <laughs> it sets you up for success later on, that's for sure. Um, Ladies, did you feel like you needed to grow an extra set of arms during this early stage of breastfeeding? And what tips do you have for moms who are going through this stage right now? Um, I still need yeah. <laughs> an extra set of arms. Um, yeah, it was it was really rough. I just, I mean, I honestly felt like how could, how am I ever going to get through this? Because you don't sleep and you don't ever have enough arms. And, you know, just because they're both done eating doesn't mean that they want to go to sleep yet, necessarily, yeah. um, or ever. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you just had to, it was like one day at a time trying to get through it. And I think you're right, stubborn, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this. It's not the easy route, but it's what I want to do. I'm committed to it. And just kind of reminding myself of that was huge. Um, And especially once, you know, they got to be a little bit bigger. My mom, she's a teacher, so she went back to work in September. And then it was just me with my husband at work, you know, and you just kind of have to one day at a time. Okay, it's one person, two babies. What can I do? So you, yeah. Um, I learned to tandem feed pretty quickly <laughs> using a pillow. Um, you get, you know, and you just, most of your day, you're carrying both babies from room to room all day. And that's that's just how it is. You sleep when they sleep, um, which works when they're little, but not so much when they're older. <laughs> yeah, the only advice is that it doesn't last forever. Um, eventually, you will get some sleep. I mean, no guarantees on that, but <laughs> I think you adjust to it. And the older they get, the the better they get at kind of everything and the, the easier it is to have a handle on it. Absolutely. How about you, Shannon? Well, yeah, I, I definitely recommend tandem feeding, <laughs> you know, because I, for me personally, just feeding them one at a time was just, it was just too much. Um, but I think that you learn to accept things. <laughs> You're like, okay, I see that there's dirty clothes over there. And you know what? I just, I'm not going to get to it today. And that's okay. It is okay. Because <laughs> my babies are fed. And that's good. That's what's important. I that's took a what shower I did yesterday. today. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I took a shower yesterday and then my babies are fed. And that's my job right now. My job is to feed them. And if I don't get the dishes done and if I don't do the laundry, that is okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, so I, I really, good, good you know, I feel advice. like it's just really, it's acceptance and just kind of understanding or, or letting yourself know, like, it's okay. Just just do what you can do right now, and that's all that matters. Perfect. Um, Jonna, how will a mom know when her baby or babies are ready to wean off of a supplement and just go straight to breast? 
I think your panelists touched on this a little bit. So obviously everyone should consult with their own healthcare provider to make sure that their babies are growing well. Um, I always suggest working with a lactation consultant to do those feeding weights so that you can see how much the babies are really transferring at the breast. It's always a really uh, nice way to just sort of know and get that reinforcement that things are going well. Um, you want to make sure that they're latching comfortably, that they're actively transferring the milk, that they seem satisfied when they're done. Um, and then sometimes people find that they need to switch, it, switch up how they're doing the supplementing to make the transition easier. So some moms just are able to cut back less and less and less on the supplements that they're doing after a feeding. Some moms find that they want to switch, they want to do the supplementing first and then finish off at the breast so that the babies can nurse as much as they want. And then as you see that they're doing better and better at the breast, you can offer less and less of the supplement beforehand because they can still nurse until they're satisfied. Um, that's also really nice for bonding because then you feel like the end of your feeding is like happy, blissful babies and not, okay, I'm going to hook myself up to the pump now, which is always a really nice milestone when you manage to get to that point. So hold out for it. It's great. Great. And ladies, you did kind of touch on this when you kind of knew that your babies no longer needed supplementation. Um, was that weaning process off the supplementation gradual? Um, or like Shelly, you had mentioned you went to the doctor and they were like, hey, you're overfeeding these kiddos. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it, it it's at the time it seemed like it took forever, but it really was. I mean, I want to say we were I was in the hospital for five days, so it was maybe only five weeks of doing that. Um, I mean, only. Yeah. <laughs> it, did, it did feel like forever, but it it was kind of all of a sudden. We kept track of everything. I mean, we had a binder for the first month of their life. Everything they did is, like, carefully transcribed, and we started noticing that they would take less from the um, bottles that we offered afterwards. And one day it was like they took a bottle after ever feeding, and the next day it was like they just kind of refused most of them. And then the third day they just they didn't want anything to do with it, um, which was it was a little frustrating because in the beginning they were saying, you know, offer them a, a bottle at the last feeding, see if they'll stay asleep a little longer. But my baby, if they are not hungry, they won't they, they won't take it anymore. And um, once they decided they were done with the bottles, they were just done with the bottles. And we actually, um, when I went back to work a few weeks later, had trouble reintroducing it because they had gotten so used to not having it. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of the the so it, it's a good and, a, and yeah. it's the blessing and the curse right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? We actually uh, Elijah would get so frustrated. You know, he would get hungry and he would get so frustrated he would want to eat right away. So for us, it worked better to you know give him a little bit of the supplementation before I put him on the breast. And once he started latching on better, then we would just, we were giving him less supplementation and, you know, give him like, you know, cutting down the ounces so we could just put him right to the breast and just less and less until I realized, okay, you know what, we can just cut this out. He got this now. Yeah. He got it. <laughs> and they all, all four of these kiddos are, are feeding, breastfeeding beautifully now. So all a true testament to how hard you ladies worked. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, thank you so much, Jonna, and to our panelists for um, your insight into breastfeeding the late preterm twins. Um, we look forward to the next part in this series where Jonna will discuss tips um, for scheduling and um, positioning twins and when they're breastfeeding. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Jonna will share her top three tips for getting support while breastfeeding twins and for more information on our boob group club please visit our website at theboobgroup.com before we end today's episode here's amber mccann with a tip for the best online breastfeeding resources 
Hello, Boob Group listeners. I'm Amber McCann, an international board-certified lactation consultant and the owner of Nourish Breastfeeding Support. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions when it comes to finding quality breastfeeding resources online, such as, Google isn't cutting it. Where can I find some face-to-face support? Even though I distinctly remember, quote, the day the Internet came to town at my college, I would consider myself a digital native. I tend to check my email before I even get out of bed, and my online life sometimes gets in the way of real life. Even before my first child was born, I went straight to the Internet for information and support. But as wonderful as that help was, it simply couldn't replace sitting face-to-face with another breastfeeding mother who would tell me, you can do this. But finding that kind of support can be confusing. I needed quick and easy access to schedules and locations for such meetings. Enter Breastfeeding USA. They are a new and growing mother-to-mother support organization that recognizes that you, the breastfeeding mother, are online and also need in-person support to help you along and engage you on Facebook and Twitter. Check them out at www.breastfeedingusa.org and click on the Find Breastfeeding Counselor button. Thank you for listening. I'm Amber McCann, and I'd love for you to check out my website at www.nourishbreastfeeding.com for more information about my business and a little bit about where to get connected with great online breastfeeding support. Or you can join me on my Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash nourish breastfeeding. And if you have a great online breastfeeding resource you'd like us to know about, please send me an email to amber at nourishbreastfeeding.com or share it on the Boob Group Facebook page. Be sure to listen to the Boob Group each week for more fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and how to find great breastfeeding support. Thank you so much to our expert, panelists, and all of our listeners. And make sure to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals, for all of your pregnancy needs, and Parent Savers, our show for parents who have zero to three-year-olds. Coming up next week, we have Annie, Cherry, and Jennifer back on the show to talk about what life has been like during their baby's 10-month in our series, Breastfeeding Expectations. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.